It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What do the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. We're here with episode nine. We're going to talk about crowdfunding your collection tonight. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. That's right. Uh, a, a mistake we made last last time we spoke. Uh, we said it was episode seven, but it actually was episode eight. So we're actually at episode nine. So to clarify, you know, for those who are keeping record at home, you know, we're, we're on episode nine in this episode. Yeah, I believe that was my goof, um, but it <laughs> happens. Yeah. One other other thing, a bit of housekeeping is that uh, Josh, we, we talked about Josh from Lightning Storm, and he does some other shows under his Toku Topics uh, YouTube channel, but he also does work for and with the Illuminati. Ha-ha! So we were both right there. Yes, we were both right. How do you like that? Very so cool. As, yeah. As, as we're, uh, you know, last time we didn't have a chance to talk about this, but Brian, let's talk about what we've acquired recently. Yeah, yeah. As as you guys may remember in our previous episodes, we like to always start off our show talking about what we our latest acquisitions, right? The, the latest things that we've gotten in into our collection. And uh, I, I'm going to say probably my my latest item that I've received physically um, would have to be. Um, who there's so many things. What do I choose? There's so much stuff coming out, right? Um, but I would say probably I've gotten a little bit into something called hot toys. So it's it's been a little it's been a little dangerous. I've upped my collecting game in a scary way, um, but limited, limited. As we know, those are pretty pricey items for collectibles. <laughs> um, but uh, the latest acquisition in that regard. Um, was I finally grabbed myself the um, upgraded Spider-Man suit from Far From Home. And um, it's such an amazing, pretty relevant, right? As we're recording today on November 17th, yesterday was the big launch of the second trailer for the next Spider-Man film, No Way Home, coming out on December 17th at a theater near you. Um, and uh, we... And it, it was pretty, it's pretty amazing figure. It comes with uh, not only a multitude of web accessories, but probably one of the most amazing face sculpts I've seen of Tom Holland. And keep in mind, I do have some custom Tom Holland face sculpts for my 12 scale figure arts. Um, I actually have a maniple, which if you guys are into the custom world, you probably know who he is. Um, one of the most well-known uh, custom uh, head sculpt makers out there for 12 scale. And, uh, but it's a phenomenal face sculpt, but no surprise. It's a hot toy, right? But, but I love that figure. It's so poseable. Uh, it, it's, it's so much fun. And uh, it, it, it's getting scarier and scarier as I go deeper into the hot toys uh, hole. 
deeper into the hole. Well, last time you said your collecting had changed, it had gotten warmer. So what you really <laughs> meant by that, the little hint drop there was it had gotten hot. It got real hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I started off with, um, at my in the six scale variety, I'd started off with, um, I had some sideshow six scales from back when, like I had a Qui-Gon um, from the Order of the Jedi series. I know Chris knows about this. He has a few figures from that too. Um, and we both actually have a couple of the same ones in the sense, if you know it's Yoda, it's got to be Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have the the Yoda that came with uh, the Jedi Temple seats. You know that one, Chris? Yep, I have that one. Yeah, yeah, I had that one. I had that one, the Luke from the Order of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi version, um, Qui-Gon and Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I also have one from the Clone War style uh, from Sideshow. And I've had those for a number of years as they came out quite some time ago. But just recently, I bought my first ever Hot Toys. You guys probably remember I talked about this for a while. One of my all-time favorite characters, Qui-Gon Jinn, um, was my first Hot Toy, surprisingly. Um, not for me, but surprising to a lot of people that that would be my first choice, but it was, and it's a gorgeous figure on display. Um, but since then I've added what one, two, three, four, I'm counting in the display case here, five, six, I think I have six now, six or seven total. Um, I have, uh, Luke from last Jedi from the crate. Uh, scene at the end i have i mentioned spider-man but also well it's not really mine it's my wife's to be honest but um she has she has it's really her fault that i've gotten to hot toys if you want to blame anyone it's her <laughs> fault um and she'll tell you that it was her fault um see but, that's funny because my wife blames me for her collection now <laughs> oh yeah right that's how it goes right yeah yeah the collecting was always there we just brought it out we just brought right. it out. Exactly. It was there. It was there. Yeah. And uh, she has uh, the rocketing group from the first Guardians. And we it took me a while to pose it. But after watching a lot of videos, but I posed Rocket on his back shoulder, like you see in the film, with a gun in one of his hands and the other hand holding on to, to Groot with one of his feet on top of Groot's arm. It's, well, it took some time, but it, it looks great. And I'm scared to ever move it. That sounds pretty cool. So you've what pretty much, you? well, I was going to say, you sounds like you, you had teased on the last show. You kind of moved away from, and I know you'd moved away from this a while ago, the 18th scale, but you've kind of moving a little bit away from the, uh, the 12th scale bit, as well. A little bit. I, yeah. I, I dabble, I dabble here and there, like filling in some little holes here and there in, in displays and ideas and things. I mean, I haven't gotten rid of everything 12 scale. I've kept pretty much all of it. Um, the only things I've really started to part way with and no surprise to any of our listeners is some of my sequel trilogy stuff that I got hard, heavy, hard and heavy kind of really into in the beginning, um, when the hype was there. And then as it started to kind of clear the smoke to clear, as we kind of saw where things were going and where it is now, I kind of backed off a little bit, uh, on it a little, a little more. And I've kept certain things from the sequel trilogy, but for the most part, a lot of the ancillary stuff I've kind of moved on from. Yeah. I, I got you. Um, so for me, you know, I've basically, you know, it's been kind of a, a little bit of a lull and, and I'm happy with that because it seems like we've been in this cycle with the shipping um, snafu where it's like, 
all of a sudden you just get flooded with stuff and then you'll go into a lull and then you'll get flooded with stuff. And I'm in the lull right now. And I'm not, I'm not unhappy about that. Cause it seems like I got a lot of stuff all at once. And then I'd found some stuff at retail all at the same time, all within about like a three week period. And, you know, that gets expensive, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's probably my, my PulseCon exclusives um, along with yesterday, I got uh, my, uh, in space blue ranger with the psycho silver oh cool um, yeah so i've gotten some some of those and then you know the silver in space which wasn't part of the PulseCon exclusive but kind of just mysteriously went up with no oh, that's right um that's probably my favorite i just like the way that figure looks and i'm i'm a sucker for the sixth ranger in any of the shows you know i think it, it started with that first you know with the green ranger, green being ranger. The sixth ranger yeah and then moving yeah. on to white and and whatnot but um you know it's funny because we're talking a little bit how your collecting's changed a little bit and for me i you know i've been going through and we've been doing a lot of projects around the house trying to just kind of um i'm rearranging my room i'm rearranging the storage and we're working on the the office area some things that kind of got put off for one reason or another and i've been going through and reorganizing my three and three quarter inch star wars figures instead of having them sorted by collection like tvc otc you know power of the force 2 that right. way i've been doing them by movie but i'll tell you what it made me appreciate start you know and i'm not all the way done i probably got through four totes and i probably have another four or five to go um it made me really appreciate how deep we used to go with the character selection. It just, you're just not going to get that now. And it made me really appreciate that collection and, and how much depth there was there. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> we went from getting senators to struggling to get main characters in the line, you know? <laughs> yes. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I'm more focused now on the, on the 12th scale. So it's funny. Cause I think that, we've both kind of shifted because I used to be really focused on the one eighteenth scale and I'm still getting those, but I think for me, I'm, I, and I guess this will be the first time I could have kind of put it out there. I, I think I'm done with the 18th scale after Mandalorian. I don't Woo! think I'm, yeah, I don't think I'm going into 18th scale for any more movies or TV shows for star Wars coming after that. I think I'm going to draw the line there. And a larger do- community is going to fry us. Because I know they love the 118 scale. That's all they want. But the problem is, 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 is like it's space. You know, we talk about, yeah. I've been talking about space for years and years. If you listen to year in review, Star Wars action news shows that I've been on, yeah. I have been mentioning space for probably, I don't know, like six or seven years. And I'm to a point where space is really, and storage, I, I've had to get super creative. And while those don't take up a lot of room, I'm just more focused on the 18, you know, I'm sorry, the, the 12 scale now, the six inch figures, and I'm not going to world build for these new shows. I'll collect the figures in the six inch scale, but I'm not going to world build. I canceled the cantina that we talked about on the last show. Yeah, I did cancel that. I'm, I'm just making, you know, I have to be very strategic going forward since I'm in these other lines as well. And these other lines show no signs of slowing down and we're going to get to it here. We're the crowdfunding. I mean, I've backed some projects that are are coming here shortly that I'm trying to figure out where am I going to put? Oh yeah. I think back to the, the big project you did with um, 
oh gosh, I'm trying to think of it with all the different anthropomorphic characters. What was that called? Animal Warriors of the Kingdom. Animal Warriors of the Kingdom. That's right. Yeah, you you went hot and heavy into that and really backed it, which a lot of people did. I mean, it was really well done stuff. Um, but yeah, where are you going to find room for that? Well, that's exactly it. I kind of have I can I can put my action for stuff that should be here mid December. Uh, it's on the water. Bobby Vala has has told everybody it's it's shipped. It's on the water. Oh, that's He's, great. Yeah. So we should have it mid December, which I'm really looking forward to. But I can put that stuff with my Joes. I mean, they're made. Oh, yeah. You know, but for Animal Warriors of the Kingdom, I and I, I actually drew out a diagram of my room and where I'm putting nice. things because I couldn't I couldn't visualize it, you know, but I'm like, I don't have a place to put my Animal Warriors of the Kingdom. Luckily, they're not coming until summer of next year, but still, I'm going to have to address that. So you're going to have to build like a tier system on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And the thing is, is that Jason from Sphero, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit uh, down the line here, but, you know, he's teased what's coming in series three and four and some stuff beyond that. And it looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something coming. Yeah. And, uh, but that's pretty exciting. We, we, we definitely changed and dabbled into all kinds of new things. What, what would you say is the one thing that you're most excited about that's coming down the pipeline soon, other than what you just described? I'm really looking forward to, uh, and, and we haven't mentioned this in a while, I'm looking forward to the, the next Gundam Universe wave, which is going to hit oh. in December here. Yeah, it's Heavy Arms from Gundam Wing, which is one of my favorite Gundams. And then uh, it's Gundam Exia from the Double O series, which... I only recently started watching it's on Hulu and really enjoyed it. And so when I saw that that wave had the Exia Gundam, I decided to get that too. And now I'm going to, in my new display setup, I'm dedicating a whole shelf to the Gundams cool, so they can get their due. Cause right now yeah. they're kind of, they're mixed in with transformers on a shelf and it what? looks cluttered and neither <laughs> one of them gets their due. So the Gundams are going to get their own shelf. The transformers will get their own shelf. Nice. Um, to kind of so I think if I had to, I mean, there's a lot of stuff potentially coming, but I think those are the two that I'm because it's just that it's a nice little line that it only you know two or three waves a year. So when you get them, you really look forward to getting them. For me, I got my alert yesterday from Sideshow that my Marty McFly will be in the warehouse the next couple of days and I will be charged tomorrow for my final payment and shipping. So great Scott. Yes, man. It's, it's getting heavy doc. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about Marty. As you guys may know, back to future is my all time favorite movie. And the fact that they're, they're going to re-release figures that, cause I wasn't in hot toys, right? We got that issue where you get into something that you weren't a part of from the beginning and you're trying to play catch up a little bit to get certain things you really, really want. And for me, I've always wanted a Marty McFly and a doc Brown figure. And thankfully hot toys has done a very nice anniversary um, kind of celebration for back to the future this year. Um, where they've done some specific tour, uh, toy store fronts at Toy Sapiens um, in uh, Tokyo, um, which just opened this past week, I believe. And then prior to that, they had opened a store, I believe, in Hong Kong. Um, but 
I'm really excited about Marty. He should be here soon. And then I have Doc on pre-order, which will come in the year of 2028. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 2023. <laughs> you understand, um, we, we're waiting for everything, obviously. That's an issue across the board. We all know this, right? But for Hot Toys, that's always a going joke. You're like, ooh, an announcement for a new Hot Toy. We'll see it in two and a half years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Moffex could rival them. No, that's right. If we're talking tall scales, Moffex, <laughs> they, they own it. That they yeah. own the tall scale market for because Chris and I will eventually get both of our caps and Thors from Endgame uh, Final Battle, uh, Endgame Final Battle uh, versions. Um, I believe one is due now in December and one in January. They were originally due like middle of this year, I believe, at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Thor was a little bit, you know, later in the year, but they were both. I mean, that cap I've had on order for it seems like oh, over a, oh, over yeah. a year now and it'll get here. And of, of course, you know, we've talked about it. I have a shelf dedicated for end gate for an end game display, too. But me too. Um, I am looking forward to getting those, too. But I've kind of just like I'm not getting excited about that till I actually get the, you know, the it's in stock from Big Bad Toy Store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All I have left really for me uh, end game wise to finish out my diorama um, setup would be those two, which are on their way eventually. Um, and some build a figures that are harder to hunt down like Mantis and um, Mbaku. Mbaku. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, Mbaku and uh, Mantis and one more than I'm not thinking of, I think is uh, Akoi, maybe, I think. Yep, um, she was a Build-A-Figure too, yeah, yep. and Akoi, yeah. Those are the three. And once I get those three, then I have everything that is come out so far in a figure form for characters from Endgame. The only ones they haven't tackled yet is Wong. Where's my Wong figure? I'm going to say this almost every episode until it happens. Where's my Wong figure? I'm yeah. now I'm with you now. And I didn't I you know, I was I kind of wasn't on the the Wong train to begin with. But now I'm there because, you know, I just watched Shang-Chi. Yes. Um, and I'm a little behind and I'm like, he's there, too. Like, he's everywhere he's in the been MCU. In about four or five MCU films it's, and he's yet to get a figure. Yeah, it's time to give him a figure. And we need him in that display because he's pivotal to that moment, isn't he? Because he's him yes. and Dr. Strange are the two like going Hashtag back and forth. Where's Wong? That's there it. we go. Right here. Get it started. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So, so some fun stuff coming for both of us, but now let's head into the meat and potatoes, Chris, let's talk about crowdfunding and start us off by telling giving us a little bit of a brief history. So I think if we're going to start with crowdfunding and there may have been some outliers before this, but I think the big one we have to start with is the Maddie collector. And it was done a little bit different than the way they do crowdfunding. Now it was more yep. of a subscription based. And I believe the model was, and it could have changed over time. I believe the model was you paid a fee up front for right. the year and you committed. Uh, and there was certain packages. Like I believe there was, there was different levels and different packages. And right. I think maybe it got more complicated later on. Maybe at first it was only one package, but you paid a fee for a year and you got you were committing to get X amount of figures mm -hmm. at a price that was a little bit higher than retail, but otherwise you weren't going to get those figures because these were not sold to retail figures. And this is basically um, the big line is your, your masters of the universe classics line. 
And I they believe did, there was Ghostbusters too. Yep, there was Ghostbusters. They did one wave of Thundercats, which yeah, that was towards the end, and then they they decided not to do any more, which upset people. But that mm-hmm. ran from 2008 to 2016, and along the way, they actually did do like a traditional crowdfunding with Castle Grayskull in the classic scale. Now it oh, failed. Yeah. It failed the first time, from what I remember, and I can't remember if it failed the second or if it funded the second. But I know that it did eventually fund. Obviously, the last time they did it, but I know for sure it failed the first time, and they just kept doing it. And so that eventually got funded, and then eventually, way moving forward, Maddie Collector with it now defunct Super Seven picked up the ball and ran with the Snake exactly. Mountain, which was. Uh, I believe that was crowdfunded as well. I believe they had to get so many to do to make the Snake Mountain as well. I think um, so. For Snake Mountain, it totally was crowdfunded. I do yeah. believe so. Yeah. So that's, you know, that kind of takes us through Maddie Collector. Uh, and kind of side by side, Kickstarter starts in 2009. And obviously, mm-hmm. they're the big one in the game for your independents and smaller level companies. Um, I didn't really stumble upon them until probably... 2014 2013 2014 when i heard more and more people starting to talk about it and you know friends saying oh i backed this and i backed this and you know um and they bet that you can crowdfund anything on there from video games to board games to toys to clothing there's all kinds of things so it's not just documentaries especially documentaries have gotten a new life through kickstarter yes and i've backed you know, I've backed a couple books. I've backed a couple documentaries. I've backed uh, a couple toys or toy lines. And there's, you know, we've had some, and there's, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to the independents and small companies, but there was a big Kickstarter that just finished and it, it, it blew oh, yeah. everybody away. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't back it and we'll, we'll talk about it, but um, it's just not my thing, but it was, it was hot. And, but you have them. And then in 2018, Haslab comes onto the scene. Now, the name Haslab was actually used by Hasbro before for something else, and it went defunct in 2014, I think. I don't remember what it was used for, and they brought the name back in 2018, and this is the the crowdfunding platform we know now with Hasbro. Uh, They started with the Sail Barge, which came out of the Back the Barge from Star Wars fans wanting the Sail Barge, and that was a process of about man i i want to say six years or seven years you know when bef- before we actually got the barge which we never thought we would but it started mm-hmm. at celebration um i believe that they did a diorama and the, a barge was built there and fans really kind of wanted it and they started there and then Recently, Mattel is, is back with crowdfunding and they're doing it yep. the more traditional way. So they had Mattel Creations, um, which Mattel Creations covers a lot of different things, but they also have a crowdfunding aspect. They've done one project. We'll talk about it a little later, but they're now back in the mix as well. So that's kind of where you have your main sources. And, and with Kickstarter, I have heard there's other apps or other uh, services that do that kind of thing. But obviously uh, Kickstarter is the one that I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a toy standpoint, these are the main ones that that you'll hear about and that we're going to talk about. Obviously Kickstarter 
you can't, you know, there's so many things within Kickstarter. So it's not like these other ones where it's one company doing their brands. Kickstarter is across the board. But I think one of the interesting things that's been kind of kicked around this year is, uh, are some of these bigger companies using the Kickstarter model to supplement their bottom line with the shipping crisis? It's a fair take. I mean, you know, I think Veeb's on the foosh. It's not my original idea. I want to give him credit. And he said that, you know, it makes sense if, if, you know, you need an injection of cash on your bottom line because you don't have product to sell, then, you know, this is perfect because you don't actually have to produce anything. Yeah. And then of course, all these other, you know, and then of course, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if Hasbro across the board started out this year saying we want five, you know, or if it ended up being a, well, this team did one and it funded and this team and each team is like, well, we got to do one because now the Marvel team and the Transformers team, they had just had an injection of $3 million to the bottom line. And if we don't get an injection, our budget's going to get, I, that could be at play. I don't know the inner workings of Hasbro, but that point has been made and I think it's a fair one. So I wanted to throw that out here as we're kind of talking about the, the bigger companies using it. Yeah. And I want to start with, with a statement that you said that I think is still very relevant. And I think it's a question that used to be asked when we were thinking about a project. Is it a dream project? As you like to say, Chris, you know, is it something that would not have been made unless there was funding put up front by people. And I feel that we're not getting a true answer to that with the latest projects that have been coming. Yeah. I mean, we kind of teased that in our last show and kind of left you when we talked about that, you know, the HasLab projects that were announced at PulseCon, what constitutes a dream project. And of course it's, it's very subjective, but I think if we got a bunch of people to have a, some dialogue, I think we would all come up with some base parameters of what you would need to hit to qualify as a quote dream project, unquote. Um, so I, while it's subjective, I think that we could come up with enough to make a criteria for, and I'm going to argue, and now we're, you know, we're going to kind of talk about, get into the nuts and bolts of HasLab a little bit, but I'm going to argue that three projects for sure fit the dream bill, two projects you could make an argument for either way, and the other five are not dream projects. Okay. Um but before we get there, I do want to point out when we're talking about it, Super 7, it, um, I, this is another form of crowdfunding and it's Super 7 and there's others that use a pre-order model where money is collected up front. You pay for that product. They have a pre-order window. I'm not sure how they figure how many they need to sell to, to, you know, to make a profit because obviously they're a company. They're not going to sell some, you know, to, to lose money on something. And I know that they kind of with Ultimates, for example, big bad toy store sells them. And I think some other companies do. So obviously they're getting some POs from them, but POs working in that industry, you typically don't pay for a PO till your product, you know, your product is in the door and then you have terms with your supplier on which you have to pay them within a certain amount of time of those goods hitting your, your door. But they use that model. And I feel like I'm sure you could make an argument either way, but I think you and I've talked about this I feel that's a form of crowdfunding as well. Well, I hear you. 
I think it could be argued both ways. Um, and I think one thing is pretty much everything is a pre-order nowadays when, when you're ordering anything, right? Even down to an individual Black Series figure, you're not buying it straight up right when it comes out. All of them, you're, you're putting it on pre-order and then eventually trying to look for it in store and canceling that pre-order and whatnot, right? There's that life too. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, and, but with, with Super 7, it's a pre-order to make, like you said. So it's whatever is pre-ordered, that's what's made. For a Hasbro or a larger company like Mattel, you're pre-ordering an item that's going to be made regardless of you ordering it or not. Um, your your pre-order number isn't really factored into how many they're going to make. It's just factored into how many are going to be available when they come out. Right. And there's no money in, in, in that case. You're not paying up correct. front. I know with correct. Super 7. You're not paying up front. With Super yep. 7, you are. You're absolutely correct. That is a major point to make. You know, And with, with Super 7, yeah, you're paying up front for the item, but you're guaranteed the item. With a crowdfunded project, you're not always guaranteed the item unless it meets the mark that it needs to make. And I think that is the major difference between the two. Do I think there's a lot of similarity in the process and procedure? Absolutely. But I, you know, at the end of the day, it is a bit different because one can happen regardless. One can't happen unless it meets a standard. Yeah, I agree. But I thought it was worth pointing out that that, that could be, like I said, there's an argument to be made oh, either of course. way. But it is... It, it is, it can be said that that is a form of crowdfunding. And I know that Super 7 themselves have uh, with the Thunder Tank, which I don't think got funded. And um, I, you maybe you can speak to no, this, No, 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 that's a pre-order. That's a straight pre-order. And oh, they that is a pre-order? signed a contract with Sideshow and it's still offered through Sideshow as a payment plan. I um, didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sideshow has gone into a deal with Super 7. All uh, a lot of the larger Super Seven items are available through Sideshow now. So is the Turtle Van a pre-order as well? Yep. Okay. Well, the price uh, point on that thing. Woo! I think that woo. thing's up. It's ah. available on a lot. So I give them credit that they really thought out their launch because it's available on so many options that I think it'll be beneficial for them because they launched it on their own site, obviously, which is a pay up front on a sideshow on an entertainment earth and on a big bad toy store all at the same time it was launched. Yeah. And I believe on toy whiz as well. I just wonder, you know, we talked about hot toys earlier and how, you know, you're, we're pre-ordering them and they usually get pushed back. And on those, you're, you know, sideshow offers, a payment plan, you know, oh, you're yeah. kind of paying. I, I'm waiting to when we get to the point where crowdfunding does that too, where you don't necessarily have to put all your cash up front, but you maybe pay a quarter when it funds and then you pay a quarter when it reaches the the first, you know, tier. I or, see or that for, coming. I yeah, agree. I do too, because and we'll get into this because these projects are getting more and more expensive and we're getting more and more of them. But to kind of bring it back to Hasbro and the dream project where we, you know, we kind of talked about it and I'm, I'll make the argument, the barge and both transformers projects, I'm sorry, the barge, the victory saber transformer project and the proton pack are dream projects. I'll make of course, the argument. You'd never, you'd, that would never be in a store. Right. You would never see that in a brick and mortar store. And I'll make the argument that you could say that Unicron and the hero quest game are also, you could make an argument either way, but yeah. I'm going to say the Sentinel, 
Galactus, the Razor Crest, the Sky Striker, which I backed people. I want I, I want to be fair mm-hmm. here. And and of course the Rancor, those are not dream projects in my those opinion. Those could all be sold at retail and have been in the past. And the in the in the example of the Rancor, I gotta be honest, it doesn't look especially in the photos that were shown today. Um, when I mean the photos shown today, the photos were shown with one of the design, the main designer holding it and posing it still unpainted um, prototype. Um, and they've been rushing uh, very quickly to put more promos out as we, if you in the collector society of the world, you know, it's been going on over the last week, a lot of damage control by Hasbro because they didn't do a great job um, on managing uh, this project from the beginning all the way through. They've made a lot of faux pas, a lot of really not smart moves, um, not only from a marketing standpoint, but from a standpoint of the product itself and showcasing it and your choices of supporting items like crowdfunding additions, if you will, as you meet different um, stretch goals, right? Um, haven't really been that impressive to quote Star Wars, not most impressive at all. And it's really, I think, turned off a lot of people and a lot of people who were happily trying to back it. Um, And it was like, well, if I'm going to pour $350 plus shipping and taxes into this, um, I hope it has more than a cardboard background and some fake bones that I could get from any customizer or print myself on a 3D printer for very cheap. Um, You know, I hope it has something that's unique, like a sculpt that hasn't been redone or retooled for the 30th time. You know, I mean, you got to work for your audience. I mean, you got to sell to your audience. And if this is your best go at it, then you need to go back to the drawing board. I I just want to point out on the last show I've called. So I said that, uh, and and you can go back and listen to verify this, but I said that Gamorrean guard, Luke Skywalker and some bones would be the goals. And so far, (laughs) so far, (laughs) right. I'm, I'm on the money here. And you are, the thing about it is, is like, and I said, I don't know what the fourth goal would be. I originally thought maybe the fourth goal would be the drool, but that they, and, and you know, when they revealed that that's actually part of the initial offering, but here's what I'm going to say. I don't so much have a problem with a cardboard backdrop. What I have, you know, I'm using a cardboard uh, diorama, a 23 year old one for my cantina, because we still haven't gotten a, a plastic playset cantina. Um, so I'm using one of those, but it should have really been included in the initial yeah. offering and not a stretch goal. And I'm sure that those bones are probably uh, from something else that they've had cast or whatever. I'm sure that those are not all new. And even if they are, it can't be that much to, to mold up some bones. No. Um, and again, I don't necessarily have a problem with the bones, um, but it just, you know, the bones by themselves are lackluster. Uh, the bones with the cardboard. And these are all points that the the wider, the Star Wars collecting community and the wider collecting community in general are, are making. And, you know, part of the problem with the Rancor is I think, I think the Rancor is suffering from multiple problems. I think one of the problems is it's suffering from uh, crowdfunding fatigue from Hasbro this year. I think that in 2020, 
Hasbro had a banner year with HasLab. And I want to point out, like, in 2018, they had the sale barge. In 2019, it was Unicron and the failed Cookie Monster. And for the sake of this discussion, we're not including Cookie Monster. And, and the reason why because is- Because Hasbro one, doesn't, doesn't uh, want to mention that it exists anymore because they deleted it from their website. I want to point that out. Right. Hasbro's and, all about promoting what they've done well, but they like to hide when they fail. Well, I mean, that, and, and we're not going to include them, like I said, because because it failed. But also, I'm going to argue that that wasn't Hasbro was not the audience for that, that that you you complete. That's not true. Some, that's not something that you're going to sell on Hasbro. Well, once again, that, that's bad marketing. They yeah. didn't market to the right audience. I mean, if they chose that as a dream project, they didn't market to the right audience. But so if we exclude Cookie, there was only one in 2019. That was Unicron. Then you had three in 2020, and that was the Sentinel, the Razorcrest, and Hero Quest, all of which funded almost immediately. I was, I mean, the, the Sentinel funded in less than 24 hours, the Razorcrest funded in just over 24 hours, and Hero Quest, I think, was within 48 hours. And I was shocked on the Hero Quest. I don't know much about that game, but apparently it's got a very loyal following. But then mm-hmm. this year you've had five, right? So we've had Galactus, we had Victory Saber in the Transformers line, and now you have three concurrent projects running. You have the Rancor, the Sky Striker, and the Proton Pack. And the Proton Pack is is a little bit different from those it's other funded. projects because it's 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 funded, but it's not a toy as well. Um, and the Ghostbusters community showed up and they said, "We want this." It funded. Uh, I thought it it's was going to fund in the it, first. It's well done. Yeah. You know, so, but my point here is you've got three concurrent HasLab projects. And I think that you've had some cannibalism of, of the, because you have three of them. A lot of people don't have that kind of cash to back all three. So you're having to make some tough choices and maybe, maybe you're not into prop replicas. Maybe you're not into Ghostbusters, right? But you still have two running concurrently that, you could be fans of both and you might not have the cash to splash around for both of those. Absolutely. You know, so that's a problem. Number one, number two, right. This is the fifth project you've done this year. And so, I mean, if you backed Galactus and you backed victory saber, or even if you only backed one of those, but you want to back one of these again, you know, that's a lot of cash. And then you're asking people to put out cash for items that they still haven't got from last year. I, I, I believe at this point, all the Sentinels are finally out, but it took them a long time to get all those out, but people still don't have razor quest. The hero quest game still, I think is just about to start shipping, but you have people that have projects that were back that they still don't have stuff. And you're asking them to put down more cash for stuff that they won't have until late 2022, early 2023. So that's a, that's another problem. And then I think that Hasbro got greedy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be blunt with it. 2020, all three of those projects, like I said, they they funded very quickly. 2020 was a very different year than 2021. Remember, we for a large part of 2020, we were holed up in our houses. We weren't going anywhere except maybe to get essentials. And there were a lot of people that if you were still fortunate enough to have 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 your job right? Had disposable income. Plus you have stimulus checks coming in from the government. So if you're working and you're getting a stimulus check, that's for some people, that's extra money. 
So those projects, I'm going to argue, it wasn't just the selection of what they were. It was the time that they hit. People had cash. They weren't going to concerts or sporting events or movies or out to eat or traveling. So all that money, people were spending it there. And so I think that's a factor. I don't think it's the only factor, I, you know, because obviously Galactus funded and he funded, I think they ended up selling 18,000 of him or, or getting 18,000 It all came backers. in the last few days, though. It, it was, they, they were... It, it did well at first, but then it was a slow crawl all the way to the finish. And then once we got into that last 24-hour period, as usual, people went crazy. That whole FOMO attitude, right? You know, fear of missing out um, that people were having. And that caused it to skyrocket to meet all the stretch goals and everything. And that's what Hasbro is hoping is going to work out for them this time around. I'm not trying to... to 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 rain on you as Perry, but I kind of want one of those not to make it. And I don't want Chris, I, I want the Rancor, not Chris's. I want Chris's to go. Okay. I'm a little selfish here. I want the Sky Striker to make it. But um, when it comes to Rancor, I kind of don't want it to make. And I know this sounds terrible, but I'm going to give you the reason why. I want them to have to learn that you can't take advantage of your community and take them for granted by putting out a lackluster product and making and people think it's okay and acceptable you know um is it gonna probably make yeah they're probably all gonna make let's be honest but i do want a message to be sent to hasbro that this is not acceptable if you want us to pay if you want us to continue to pay out this type of money you need to put your product where your money is where our money is right it needs to be representative for what we're paying for um, that's just my opinion on it. I'm sure it, a lot of people don't agree with that. And that's perfectly fine. Everyone's allowed their own opinion, but I feel like they, they need to wake up call. They really do need a wake up call on this. Well, uh, and in part, I think they've, they've gotten at least a partial wake up call because, you know, you and I've discussed this and, and we had a discussion in my, my chat group, but they actually lost backers after the reveal on Monday. And, before that, if we're going back to the Gamorrean Guard reveal, I looked at it. I didn't have the exact numbers, but I looked at it before they did that that live stream, and they had about 4,400 backers. So Sunday night, I looked at it, and they only had about 4,700. So they only gained 300 backers through the weekend, the Friday after they made the Gamorrean Guard announcement. That is not a big push you know, they did not generate excitement. 300 is, is while it's more than it was getting per day, it's not that big. And then this time they actually went backwards. There are screenshots in multiple toy groups I'm in where people have screenshotted that they went backwards. And if you look at it now, and actually I, I can pull it up. Actually, now it's sitting at, uh, let me refresh because this page was, it's sitting at 5,113. Now it had more than that going into Monday. So it's, it's still playing catch up for Monday. And so all of a sudden on Tuesday, we get an announcement of a fan first Friday where we're finally going to get to see the painted model and we're going to reveal the last two stretch goals. And I'm calling it here, folks. One of those two stretch goals is going to be a Luke Skywalker figure. The question is, and I'm telling you now, manage your expectations because Ula is not happening. There's oh, a, there's no, a, no way. There, there's a thing going on right now where people are saying no Ula, no moolah. And that's, you know, that's fine. I totally think that you should put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Um, and and vote, vote with your wallet. Right. 
But here's the thing, right? Under Disney, you're not going to get Ula. You're not going to get Leia in the gold bikini anymore. But, and I, and I, you, there's still a chance that they could come with a Rancor Keeper. Now, I don't think the Rancor Keeper was part of the original plan. And I think, I truly believe that the stretch goals are all set out in advance. Because if you go back to when they announced Galactus, they had a couple of people there from Marvel that work on some Marvel books. And they knew what the stretch goals were because they said, I think it was Dan was talking to one of the guys and he says, well, so-and-so really wants that fourth stretch goal. And he's like, yeah, I do. And that ended up being the doom head. Right. And he talked about it after it funded when the, you know, when they announced it, they had him on and he talked about the doom head and how he wished, you know, they hoped that they get it. And that, so I think these goals are set in stone. However, you know, it doesn't mean that they can't pivot. And for me, I think the only thing at this point, I still think, you know, I still think that all of these fund, I'm less confident in that statement than I was in our last show, but I still think they'll all fund. The question is, does it hit stretch goals? And here's the kicker. If you do the Rancor Keeper and you make him the tier four stretch goal, what happens if you don't get there? I'm going to be pissed. If I'm backing Ooh. this, because that's the, that's why you're a lot of people are, are waiting to see what the stretch goals are. And of course we've talked about how I think you needed to include a Gamorrean guard, but I think that that should have been the fourth stretch goal. I think if you were even thinking about doing the rancor keeper, that should have been your first stretch goal, because guess what? It would have gotten everybody out of the gate and, you know, and they would have put their money up front and said, yep, I'm backing this. I, I go, I'd go on record and say, I think if they'd said Rancor Keeper in tier one, I think it would have backed by the end of that weekend. Here's a novel idea. Why not do a Gamorrean guard two pack with accessories to play out different scenes. It could also include like an extra accessory where you could utilize it for a Mandalorian background. Be creative. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be creative. Or you could throw the bones in there. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it, there's no innovation or imagination with the Star Wars crew whatsoever. It's all about efficiency and, and getting out as much as they can out of the same figure. And how many, I mean, this past two years, we have seen multiple figures released in multiple packagings and it it's at nauseum now i mean it's just ridiculous i mean how many different packagings of luke skywalker from hoth do i need you've done it on three cards now in the same freaking year i mean that's just if that's not a definition of greed i don't know what is i mean i i don't get it like you're putting out these major varieties of figures and characters in your other lines, but you're not doing anything with the line that made you who you are. Yeah. What I'm going to add to that is simply that the star Wars brand team is being outshined by their counterparts big time. Okay. That's an understatement. Well, I mean, look at Marvel. Marvel is Marvel is the juggernaut this now. Dude's a it used to be amazing. It used to be Star Wars, and it's the Marvel team. And props to the Marvel team because they listen. I know Dan Yu's on Twitter. He's responded to me personally on Twitter. You know, 
he's out there listening to the fans. And then look at the GI Joe team. They had several missteps in the launch of that, but they got it together. They're correcting how they listen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell. And they moved Emily over from power Rangers to GI Joe. I love Emily. She's awesome. Um, and look at what they're putting out now that we're all drooling over what they're putting out. Now they've, they've came out and they said, look, we understand, you know, they addressed some of the issues with the target exclusives and there was major frustration there. Right. And that doesn't mean you get a pass, but here's the thing at the company I work for, we have a policy, you know, we have, you know, you have your, your mission statement, and then we have some other like under, I forget what they're called, but one of the things that one of the categories is own it. When we make a mistake as a company or as an individual, you own that mistake and you say, look, we messed up. I'm sorry. That doesn't necessarily make it all better, but people are going to be a lot more forgiving and, and give you more room. If you just admit you made a mistake, like we had an issue at, you know, we were at Disney and, and um, I'm not going to get into the issue here, but let's just say we had to go and talk to somebody else after we talked to, um, one person and they said, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. We messed up. Right. That goes a long way. And yet I haven't heard that from, from this team, other teams have kind of, I mean, the GI Joe team didn't come out and say, look, we messed up, but they have said, we've talked to target targets upping their order quantities. I talked about all this in the last show, the power Rangers team. I mean, look at what they're putting out. The star Wars team is, is falling behind. And and I'm just going to say it. Look, I, I, I feel like I don't want to see anyone lose their job. Right. But I feel like that team needs a shakeup and I'm definitely missing the Steve Evans and Daryl DePriest days of, mm-hmm. of that team, because I don't feel like we're being listened to anymore. Now the argument's been made. Obviously this stuff is still selling because they're still producing it. Sure. You know, I, I agree with that. You know, people need to put their money where they're, you know, put their wallet where their mouth is. But at the same time, I mean, how many people are just kind of buying this stuff because, well, I got to have it all. I got to have a complete collection. Completest. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I don't want to pick on them. And I do want to point out here that the Sky Striker, you know, I, I want to be fair and say that the Sky Striker, the argument could be made that that was not an exciting project either. And GI Joe collectors have made the point that they have umpteen versions of Sky Strikers. <laughs> it's a fair point. I've heard people say they should have done the, the killer whale, which is the hovercraft. It's a fair point. So it's not, but the thing is, is that the difference there, because I think the Rancor looks great. I, I don't have a problem with the product itself. I have a problem with the way they've presented things. I have a problem with the way that we got digital renderings. And then the second time when you, you came out, you just took the same pictures you did with the digital renderings you did with the model, but you actually had no model in the, in the physical space with you. I'm not saying you had to pose it because I know they're delicate, but you could have had the pictures of the model doing those things, but you could have had the actual model just sitting in front of those in front of them. It's lazy. And, and, I mean, to and be honest, it's we lazy. don't have, we don't have, we're, we're finally getting a painted version. Look, when they released the sail barge, they had a full model painted up, ready to go when they announced it at Toy Fair in 2018. That's how you do it. That's how you generate excitement. And they haven't generated the excitement on this project, at least with the Sky Striker. They generated, they generated some excitement because they, it's an all-new mold, right? And they address the issue that you've had with the two. There used to be one lever that controlled the wings and the landing gear. So you could not have your Sky Striker with the wings in the swept back position with the landing gear up. 
the landing gear would always be down with the wings swept back. Well, they've addressed that because now there's two different levers. So you can have your Sky Striker with the gear up or down with the wings in either position. And they've, you know, it's a new cockpit. So you're getting a new mold. And I mean, the Rancor is an all new thing, you know, all new thing. But it just goes to... Is it really, though? I mean... Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. It's bigger. I mean, my my bottom line is it doesn't even, look that big to me. Even when he was sitting with it in the photos today, it doesn't look that big to me. I uh, see. To me, it looked well, I think because I'm really conscientious of my space issue now and I'm just going to go on record here. I'm I'm not backing this thing, no matter what. Happens Obviously, on not. Friday. <laughs> uh, and here's why. Even if they do a Rancor Keeper, I could buy the Rancor Keeper on eBay for 100 for 120 bucks. And yes, uh, that is an expensive price for a figure. But then I, I don't have to pay the other 250 or 220 you know, or whatever. So I'll take the hit in trying to f- pick up the figure on the secondary market versus paying the whole price for something I don't have. I don't have room for, I don't, you know, even if I try to store that, that thing is going to take up a a tote all by itself. And I have, I mentioned in the last show, I have two other displays with Rancors in them. So, but I, you know. Wait till I throw this point at you. Well, you know, the one thing I do want to say is that the Haslabs this year, you talked about Galactus. They're following the more traditional route of a big boost in the first few days. And then you get into the doldrums of the middle and then a big boost at the end. Yep. Vic, both. Uh, I didn't know if the doom head was going to get funded for the, for the um, Galactus for the stretch goals. I didn't know if victory saber was even going to get funded. And then all of a sudden it funded and it blew through all the stretch goals, but it took yeah. right up to the last day. So you know, 2020, there was something else going on there besides just the products they selected, it, you know, um, but this year's followed those models. And I think we might be in store for both the Sky Striker and the the Rancor on that. I have two last things to throw into this, this has a conversation. One thing is in comparison, the Rancor size and scale that you're getting in, in that you would get in this has project. I have the mega colossal T-Rex that came out from Mattel in the Jurassic Park line um, that came out about, what, a year and a half ago, maybe in 2019. That thing is gigantic. It has electronic sounds. Um, It has a chomping feature. You can stick, it can eat dinosaurs and then has a little cavity where you can open up for them to drop out. And it's a massively plastic built figure with a lot, with a pretty good amount of articulation, the tail and its little arms and, and mouth and area. That was $50. Take that, think about that for a moment. I'm not talking about the ones you see in the store right now. It's bigger than the ones you see in the store now. This thing is massive. The mega colossal one, if you remember it. And it was $50. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that this thing is, is overpriced. I personally, when they first announced the price, I didn't think it, you know, I thought it was, was okay, but 
I have heard a lot of people say that they this is this is overpriced by about fifty to a hundred dollars for for three hundred and fifty dollars. You could get a die cast hot toy Iron Man or a plastic rancor. Yeah, and look, I, I think you know we we've obviously harped on the rancor, but we're not you know this is something if you if you follow the toy community and, and the star and i know that star wars fans like to whinge i, I mean i think all toy fans do <laughs> star wars fans are the worst like i, I, Give I me know my that. toy i know that but i think that there's some valid arguments being here but i also yeah. think that trying to shove five haslabs into one year yes is coming back to bite them too and, and it's uh, you know I, I think you combine that with the unenthusiastic presentation of the rancor yeah. over the two fan first Fridays that they've done and versus, I mean, look at the presentation they gave on the sky striker. I mean, it's just night and day. So I think between shoving that in there, people still waiting for projects that they backed from last year, which I get these, these things can't be done overnight. I, I think that the people are saying, you know, enough. And then the unenthusiastic, way that this has been brought forward. I think people are, are enough. And I think I want to see all these succeed, right? Cause I have friends that want the rancor and I want sure. them to have a rancor and I, but I get what you're saying, Brian, I hear what you're saying about, you know, they need to learn a lesson. And I agree the lesson has to be learned. And unfortunately, if that means that a has lab has to fail and look, the sky striker is not safe at this point, it's adding about 50 to 60 backers a day. And at that rate, it will not fund if it doesn't get the push at the end. So it's not safe either, but I think that that's what it's going to take to learn. I think that comfortably, I think that you could do two has labs a year. If you wanted to push it, three is the maximum, but I honestly think you need to do two a year. And I think that you need to really think out like Marvel should not have one every year. Star Wars should not have one every year. Maybe your bigger brands have one every other year and maybe your smaller brands get one every third year, but you're asking fans to put out a ton of cash. And there were other things to crowdfund, uh, you know, as we're going to get into here, but Kickstarter had things to crowdfund and Mattel creations even had something to crowdfund, which that was a lot cheaper. And that one was pretty successful. One one we forgot to mention that I wanted to bring up that was recent was Mezco put out their 18-inch tall Godzilla, okay? That's still up for pre-order, by the way. Not crowdfunded in the what we just described in the sense of it's just made to order pre-order with only having to pay $45 down. Okay, through either them directly, through Big Bad Toy Store, Entertainment Earth, all the different options. So this sucker is $450, but free shipping, okay? But it has a light-up mouth, a light-up mouth. It's 33 inches from teeth to tail. It has a movable jaw, movie-accurate sounds, realistic plastic eyes, and 10 points of articulation. Let's, let's take that into consideration, you know, um, to kind of prove my point a little bit further is that if you're going to put something out, you have to really sell it. Like Chris was saying, the presentation has to be there. When Mezco announced her Godzilla, even though you're not getting it for another year, they had 
amazing layout and photos of it. For Super 7 with the turtle van, fully painted and sculpted photos and promo photos with the turtles interacting with the van. Yes, the price points are high, but at least they put the effort in. And I'll leave you with that. Yeah, because I want to, you know, I kind of want to end the HasLab on a positive. I definitely think that there is a space for HasLab. But as we discussed, what's a dream project is debatable. And I know for me, I am holding out hope that we're going to get a three and three quarter inch scale, Uh. you know, uh, modular death star i you know it's probably going to be expensive but that's probably number one on a lot of collectors lists but here's what i'm going to say the sail barge is a work of art the way they ran that campaign was wonderful and while it took a while to fund i do contribute some of that to the fact that it was their first Haslab, and people didn't know what they were getting into there was some confusion and at the end, that thing needed 5,000 to back and it ended up getting over 8,000, just over 8,000. So I would say that was pretty successful. And I think that that and Unicron were two of the more expensive ones. Um, but that thing's a work of art. And I've been impressed. The Victory Saber from Transformers, which was literally right before these three were announced. So that, again, you know, you have three going, but you just finished a fourth, but that one was beautiful. You looked beautiful from everything that I saw, you know, unfortunately, I think the Sentinel, some of the, the excitement from the Sentinel has been taken out <laughs> with the knee problem. And that's, yeah. that's definitely going to have to be addressed with, with Galactus. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that Galactus wasn't, you know, I, if, if that had happened before Galactus had funded, I think we'd be having a different conversation about Galactus, but that's fair. Uh, the point is, is that I think there is a, a place for this and I think they've done some beautiful things. Of course. Um, the Unicron is massive. I've seen the pictures platform of, is right. The platform isn't wrong. Yeah. The concepts and the platform for HasLab is absolutely on point. It's they've gotten, too far away from what made HasLab successful, like you just described, was building something that was unique, that was wanted, that was cool, that was different, that was something you'd never get in a million years unless you backed it up front. And And that's what we're not getting now, but that's what we got then. Yep. And, you know, my point with Unicron, I said you could make an argument either way. The reason I do include it as a dream project is because at that size, you could never sell that one at a retail store. People have always wanted a properly made one. Like they made one, but it was kind of half made. It wasn't really made fully in the past. They've done smaller ones that just don't capture the scale of, of Unicron. And so I, I think that was, you know, I, I include that in the dream project. I think that's fair to include because it's a dream project to Transformers fans. Yep. And look, the, the sail barge is the centerpiece of my star Wars collection. It's it's mm-hmm. I made when I bought that thing, when I invested in that, I knew it was going to be a centerpiece that, that is going to be displayed all the time. And I still look at that thing and I am amazed at what they did with it. Um, you know, so I think maybe, you know, I, I hope that they learn from, from the rancor and, and maybe there's something to be learned from the sky striker as well. I, I do think, at the end of the day, I, like I said, I do think these will fund. Yeah. Um, but we're going to see on Friday what gets announced. But, you know, the question is, can they pull back some of that audience that, that they've that they've lost or is it too late, you know, f- for that? And we'll see. 
Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I want to see these things succeed, but you got to put in the effort. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about Mattel creations, we're kind of moving to them and they're throwing their name back in the ring, pun intended, <laughs> uh, because they did a, a WWE ultimate edition, new generation arena. And it was a little slow out of the gate. And I think that maybe that's because it was the first crowdfunding they did, but then they did something genius. And they said, if you back it by this date, we're going to throw in, uh, I believe it was, a. Uh, um, they threw in some figure that you could only get if you backed it by a certain date. And so that really boosted it. It generated excitement because people wanted that figure that you could only get there. I think it was a Randy Savage figure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then they had the stretch goals. I believe they, it was Kevin Nash. Uh, let's see here. Nope. It was Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, was Randy? Okay. Yep, ultimate. Yeah. Ultimate edition. Uh, capturing his role as a commentator on Monday Night Raw. Um, gotcha. And then it, yeah. yeah. They haven't shown so, any photos of that figure yet. That's right. Yeah. They've just shown the picture of him in that, in that outfit. Right. Right. But once they said that that figure was exclusive and if you, you would get it by the time you uh, if you backed it by a certain date, that really helped boost it. And then from there, it just kind of took off and it funded early and then it blew past all the stretch goals and ended up getting one hundred and sixty nine percent of its target. So it needed five thousand. It ended up with eight thousand four hundred ninety five backers for a reasonable two hundred and fifty dollars for everything you got. Oh yeah. Um, and, and everything you got is something you would never get in a store. You yep. know, it, it's something very unique. And for a lot of folks who do a lot of photography with WWE figures, I mean, this is going to be a, a godsend for them I and mean, something that they're going to like absolutely have a ball with. And a, a lot of folks I follow to on YouTube, um, you know, do some stop motion stuff too with that. And they're going to have so much fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have a couple of friends that, that back this um, that are big wrestling fans, too. And of course, they've done rings before, but I don't think they've done it with that Nothing detail like with the, the turnbuckles no. and the ropes. And then, you know, they have the, the tables and chairs that were included. It's truly and, a miniature version of the real deal. Like, yeah, that's truly what it is. Yeah. And, and so this was this was their uh, entry into the crowdfunding. And, and the what's interesting is the Motu team was asked at. Uh, PowerCon, which is the which is the He-Man content convention. Power MorpherCon is the Power Rangers convention. That's confusing, but they were <laughs> asked about the possibility of using Mattel Creations to crowdfund something, and they said it's something they're looking at. Now, for me, I, I hope it. that that's not how we get Snake Mountain because I'd like to get Snake Mountain at retail. That's probably honestly the only other place that I need for Motu because uh, I, you know, space and whatnot, but. You know, they've said that it's possible, you know, so I mean, who knows? On, Maybe they'll you do. Didn't, you didn't throw down the 700 for Snake Mountain from Super 7? The thing is gorgeous, but no. It is beautiful, <laughs> but it's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, and that's more of the classic scale. So, yeah, but, you know, Mattel came into this and this was going on at the same time as Galactus as well, uh, I believe. So galactus was going on while this was going on i forget which one i think galactus started first and then this came out so these two were competing so yet another another thing competing for your collecting dollars this year but i think so much yeah they did this one well and 
I'm interested to see, you know, where, where Mattel Creations takes their crowdfunding from here, especially since they don't have as many of the big licenses as they used to, because they don't, I mean, they don't have DC anymore. That's with McFarlane. Um, they do have WWE, but, you know, other than Motu, which of course they have like three different Motu lines now with Origins, the uh, Revelations, and then the new kids show, um, which I haven't checked out yet. Um, I, I plan to, but the figures don't interest me for that line. Um, we'll see where they go, but there's definitely some some things they can do there. And, and speaking of McFarlane, it's a good transition for us to talk about some about some popular Kickstarters, huh? Yes, and that's one I actually forgot to put on our show notes, but that's a perfect one to talk about. That was the one that really uh, blew up and made millions and millions of dollars uh, was the Spawn Kickstarter campaign that happened during COVID um, and started shipping to folks uh, earlier this year. Um, I and Chris, neither of us are, are big Spawn individuals, but we do appreciate a good piece of plastic. And those figures were gorgeous. And it was a nice tribute made to the original release and then updated for today's technology and tooling. And uh, those did really, really well. I mean, that thing got backed within within an hour, I believe. It was crazy. Yeah, didn't he raise like a million dollars in like yeah. some crazy amount of time? It yeah, it was insane. Yeah, I mean, he basically, I mean, he made, he made, he made Haslab and uh, Hasbro and Mattel look like nothing with, with that Kickstarter. <laughs> Yeah, it really, I was surprised how it blew up and, and it was, it kind of took the collecting community by storm. And I remember everyone was starting to follow it. They're like, he's at a million too. They just released, you know, unlock this stretch goal. And I think he added stretch goals because oh, they blew through yeah, all he's the like, stretch all right, goals. I'll, I'll autograph all these two now. You know? <laughs> yeah. He was just add stuff left and right. But that's how McFarland is. So he's very hands-on and that's why people love his stuff and love his company and his approach because he's very hands-on i mean he shoots every video himself about the prototype figures that are coming and everything he'll open up a shoebox and show you the figure as he's getting them from the you know from the manufacturers like uh developers and like that's how hands-on he is you know and but that's what he can do i mean he's an independent his own company he can do that stuff i mean no different than brian flynn what he does with super seven you know, um, I think that's what makes both of those companies so endearing. But I think what's amazing, though, is how both of them have stayed true to their roots, even though they've gotten massive licenses under their belt now. Well, you know, it's funny because I was watching something about McFarlane and, uh, you know, when he when he was shopping around the toys for Spawn, the, when he had his Spawn comic you know, he had an offer on the table from Mattel and turned him down because he didn't oh, yeah. think Mattel could do it the way he wanted it done. And that's why you have McFarlane toys now. And then he did, he completely changed the, the sports, uh, the sports character. And game. horror. It, yeah. It used to be starting lineups was that from Kenner, oh, which yeah. was then bought by Hasbro. Those were the hottest things in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then when McFarlane released his sports picks, Oh my gosh, those things were like trash then because I mean you you couldn't compare the two like and I have some of the the McFarland sports picks. They were quite a few. Yeah, they were <laughs> they're they're wonderful. Um yeah. and I hope to 
get a, a spot to display some of them, but you know, for his Kickstarter, that thing was amazing. And, you know, so, so talking about one that just finished is the, is the uh, Mark two robo skull. And I'm going to say that I think where you're going to get innovation is going to come from the, from the Kickstarter. These bigger companies are going to play things safe. They have shareholders to cater to, they have bottom lines to worry about. And so I don't think you're going to see the innovation where we're seeing the innovation come is from Kickstarters because the Robo skull was made to fit three and three quarter inch figures or, or, or one scale figures and 12 scale figures. That's ingenious. Yep. I mean, think about that for a second. You this, think about the appeal that that toy has and it, it funded pretty quickly. It blew through stretch goals. They had to add more stretch goals. And again, I didn't fund this because it's not something that it's a pretty big piece too. It's not something that I felt I needed in my collection. And the original Robo Skull goes back to the Action Force line from the UK, from Palatoy. So it was a figure. This is an updated. Um, I don't know how the license, I, I mean, they don't have the license, but I don't know how it works that they're able to do it, but they were. And there was different people that worked on this, uh, um, different companies. I think Marauders did the figures, um, which is another company that's done several, you know, Marauder Task Force by Marauder Gunrunners. They've done several um, Kickstarters. They just, the, the most recent one was uh, 18th scale Vietnam figures. So they've done like World War II mm -hmm. and they did Vietnam figures. And then, you know, we'd be amiss with not mention that uh, a very popular and expensive line got its start on Kickstarter and that's Mythic Legions. Oh, yeah. They started on Kickstarter. And now they're a household name. You find them at any local toy store, comic book store, um, as well as, obviously, the, the big boys online, Entertainment Earth and Big Bad Toy Store. And let me tell you, like, if I had been in at the ground level with those, I would probably be collecting those. Because I didn't get it on the oh, ground they're, level. They're amazing. It's yeah. easy for me to look the other way, because if you look at some of those, those first are pretty. ones. Keep them over there. Yeah, because they're ex those some of those first releases are expensive. Even the the because they just had like a cosmic mythic legions, which I wasn't digging. They've got a couple another one um, on their website that they're doing now. But even so, they're expensive now like just they're to get in. Very they filled the void that McFarlane and Mezco left with the stuff they did in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, yeah. That you know, fantasy stuff. That fantasy yep. stuff. That, that Lord of the Rings. Bulky, that yep. bulky fantasy character. You know, Mezco was really into that, especially, you know, I know that from the Hellboy line. Um, and then McFarlane did it through a lot of their movie Masters line um, back then. But uh, they definitely saw that hole and they filled it quickly and continued to be. And it's very scalable with like storm collectibles and things mm -hmm. like that. It goes really well with some of the, the 12, uh, 112 collective stuff from Mezco now. Um, I mean, it, it definitely works well. You can interchange it with a lot of things. And they're meant to be customized. So Mythic oh, yeah. Legions is meant to be where definitely. you can pull pieces off and make your own figures. They're meant to be, mm -hmm. you can pull them apart at the waist and, and the different armor pieces and all that. So Again, innovation, you know, the Robo Skull with the two different scales working for the same vehicle, Mythic Legions with parts. I, uh, I'm going to, you know, shout Plunderlings. out. Plunderlings. Plunderlings, yep. 
plunderlings, they have just taken over. Skyrocketed, right? Yep. They're everywhere. They're like tribbles. They just keep getting everywhere. You know, the, 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 <laughs> the, they're, they're like the gremlins too, right? They, they just get into everything, right? But um, a lot of different like uh, colors and looks and, and accessories and even sizes now they're starting to get like yep. a larger scale now and and like like the big ogre the, style <laughs> i think they call them the the biggins or something the biggins, like the, there you yeah go. something yeah. like that i but yeah i mean i was first introduced to those from from robo on the foosh but now i've seen those and they've yeah. just taken off and you know um that's a fun little line and then you know i'm going to shout out action force here from valiverse of course uh, and I can't wait to get my wave one figures and wave two, uh, just because of the way everything's worked out, you know, wave two is going to be going up in mid December, which is not the greatest time of year, but here's what <laughs> he, there's a couple things here. And, and that the first thing is, is that Bobby Valla from Valiverse took the money, took the profits that he made from wave one, and he put them back into the company developed wave two and wave three ahead of time. So wave two is already Wave two is going to be split into two parts, but part A is already being, uh, they're getting ready to start production up on, on, on that. Um, because, and it will, it will be a pre-order model going forward, not a Kickstarter model because he took the money and put it in there. And I know that's not always possible, uh, to do it, but I, I think that the way he structured the company, it's, it's great. And he showed pictures of, he actually did a, uh, live stream with Tony from, um, analog toys and they, took you through the factory. You, you got behind cool. the scenes footage of how it's made and how they do tampo, how they do some of the face print, how they do, you know, the Q, QC process. And it was really informative because I've never seen anybody do a behind the scenes thing at the factory. But some of the things that we're getting from him is removable magazines in, wow. in the guns. Okay. What's funny is he, he started that. And then all of a sudden it showed up in the GI Joe line. Now remember, and, and I'm not like, I'm not going to get into the, he used to work for Hasbro. So, you know, but the, there's competition there because of the GI Joe line. And I think the competition can only drive innovation. And what you're seeing is that GI Joe has upped their game right now. They've got removable mags. Bobby Valla put little, he put uh, muzzle flash, you know, so you could have muzzle flash for your muzzles. There's little holes in that. Now all of a sudden the GI Joe line, has muzzle flash holes and they're the same diameter as the ones for action force. So again, you're seeing innovation on a Kickstarter model. That's now making it into a, a bigger line. And so, you know, I think that what's, this is great because it's pushing GI Joe, which will in turn push action force, which will push GI Joe and so on and so forth. Right. So that's awesome. Um, and then, of course, you know, we talked about Animal Warriors of the Kingdom and Jason over at Sphero Studios and what he's doing. And he's had several, I think, two successful 118th scale and this time around is getting into the 12th scale. Uh, and then one of the things that I, I'm going to I didn't back the Kickstarter. And, and the reason is I reached out to the individual running it and, and I'll get there in a minute, but the airwolf by and it's trademarked it is trademarked he did manage to get the trademark for it um i don't know if it's licensed but it is trademarked the 118th scale uh airwolf helicopter by mars industries and he's doing he did a kickstarter it funded um i reached out to him and asked him you know because there's different models you can get one that you put together yourself that's 
uh, molded in the, in the color plastic. And then from there, you could go up to one that's paint, painted, but he didn't have just a painted model. He had like the deluxe, which was put together, painted, numbered, signed, you know, all that. And I didn't want it numbered or signed. You know, I want it like, and I reached out to him and he goes, oh, I'll be, we'll be selling those on our site. You can get a painted one there. They're not cheap, but he's done some innovative things like the gun pod uh, for the chain guns and the, the missile pod. Those are done by magnets. So you just take it off with magnet and put it, take it off of there. The tail is removable. So if you have a space, you know, issue, you can pull the tail rotor off and just have the front part like facing forward. So it looks like the whole helicopter's there, but it's not. Um, the, the rotor, everything is magnets. So th there's no hinges. So nothing can get broken. And he kind of said that he made this to go along with your GI Joes. Cause he's a big, he does re some reproduction parts for GI Joe vehicles and such, but these are the kinds of things we're getting from Kickstarter. And these are just a few, there are, there are tons out there that we're not even scratching the surface on, but I think that's the space that excites me the most. Yeah. And, and to throw on there too is, and I'm a fan of this stuff. Obviously I'm not going to say, <laughs> Um, there's a lot of unlicensed stuff that's out there and I love looking at custom stuff and the, I mentioned, uh, 29, uh, I mentioned the 29, uh, was it 2972 studios? The other, yep. the other episode to you guys. Um, also his Instagram handles called Landspeeder Luke. Um, the, the artist that works on this. But uh, their stuff is just phenomenal. And, you know, if, if the main companies aren't filling your need for what you need, there's a lot of folks out there producing stuff at very reasonable prices that can fill that void of what you're looking for in your collection or in your backgrounds and, and what you're trying to build. So don't feel like you have to get, you know, that you have to follow the certain path that's being pushed out to you by the major companies, there's other stuff out there too. And I'm also saying you, I'm also not saying you should go to the companies and buy stuff from them. Cause I think, you know, there's a market for both. And I think that it's important that you understand that there are other ways to fulfill what you're trying to do in your collections and to not overlook the great custom work that's being done out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I said, you know, I mean, Kickstarter is a dangerous place for me, but <laughs> Etsy, Etsy is just as dangerous. And you Instagram. Know? Yeah. I mean, luckily I, I, I do have an Instagram, a personal one other than our thrill of the hunt, but I, I don't go out there too much, but I've been on there and it's dangerous. I mean, seeing some of these uh, action figure photographers and what they do, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous place, but I think Kickstarter a lot of these excite me. I mean, I, I, I mean, I backed animal warriors of the kingdom. I backed, well, I didn't back action force. I actually missed. So that Kickstarter failed the first time and then he revamped it a little bit and it was funded the second time. By the time I found him, they were, so he was doing things through crowd ox. So I could get, I could still order my wave one. I missed out on some of the little nice exclusives they offered, but that's how the game goes. I almost did Airwolf, but once I found out that I could order it on the site with exactly what I was looking for, I decided to hold off. So, I mean, of these that we've mentioned, you know, 
I've I've backed some of them, and then of course we've mentioned some big ones. And the Robo Skull was was tempting, but it just doesn't fit with my collection. But I mean, that thing was crazy the way people were talking about it and the the that was getting. But I, you know, I I think to wrap it up, I think that there's definitely a place for this. But I think one of the things that we we still haven't seen from the big companies is kind of a Maddie collector model. And that is that I want to see HasLab get into the space where you give me a wave of figures that you can't sell at retail right. and you charge me a little bit more because I realize that you have to do that to make, to make that money. But you give me, you know, a Jabba's palace thing. And I'm not saying you go to the extreme of giving Tanaka sisters characters, <laughs> right? Cause I think that would be, people will fight you on that. I, I know they will, but what I'm saying is I don't think there would be enough for that. I think that there's a sweet spot of, not main characters, but not extreme, like on screen for one second characters, like Jabba's Palace, like a Weekway Guard, and maybe Efont Mon or Amanamon. And, you know, there's plenty of characters there. Uh, I mean, for crying out loud, and, and we don't, this doesn't, this is just kind of a side note, but there's characters in, in the Power of the Force 2 that haven't been updated in three and three quarter inch form that I found while I was going through my collection EV99, 8D8. We haven't gotten an update on those since Power of the Force two days, right? So, and you know the the Wolfman, which I know he was deleted um, from from you know in the special editions, but I think there's a place for characters like that in the in the six scale and even the three and three quarter inch scale, right? That you can't sell at retail, but I'd like to see them start to move into that kind of thing and maybe move away a, a little bit away from these big really expensive projects um you know and and with marvel i i ask you know you've done the two really big ones i mean where do you go from here for the marvel legends you know and i think this is where you go i think you go into you know into figures that can't be sold at retail how, how about a danger room place yeah there you ah, go. There you go. Right? There's an idea for you. Um, no, there's stuff out there. I mean, you could do, you know, scenes. You could do like an Age of Apocalypse. They just did a Wave of Age of Apocalypse figures, but you could do play around with that that time, Savage Land. There's a lot of different kinds of themes and stuff like that. That's just X-Men, right? Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's other things that you can play around with that doesn't involve a massive figure, you know, <laughs> um, and and I agree with you. I think having like a Maddie collector style thing for Star Wars would be cool. Like, let's say um, here's your chance to get all the Jedi Council care uh, Jedi Council figures. You know that would never you would never see them all in a wave outside of outside of a special wave, a specialty wave of Jedi. You know, or a specialty wave of, um, you know, uh a clone trooper general pack from like revenge of the Sith, you know, like something like that where, you know, that there's a market for it, but they're very specific market. Yeah. And I think though, I think they'll get there eventually. Um, it's just, you know, we've, we've been doing some bigger projects and I, you know, like, again, we've talked about kind of what we think constitutes a dream project and, and what doesn't, um, I think they're going to get there eventually. And I know that I've talked to some, some friends that have said that they would love to see them kind of maybe dial it back on the big stuff, you know, a little bit and, and maybe go into some figures that 
like we said, you're just not a get, not going to get it retail and you can do both of both scales, one 18th and one 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely think there's a place for the, for these models for both Hasbro and Mattel. And obviously there's a place for Kickstarter. Cause I think like Kickstarter is where I get it, the most excited when we're talking about these things. So there's definitely a place out there. I just think that this year there's been, well, the last year and a half, really. I mean, there's been so much as a collector. You really have to like be conscientious of where you're putting your dollars. Uh, And I say like, you got to back what you love because we don't have space for all this. We don't have, I I don't have kids, but somehow people think (laughs) that that we're still loaded and have all this money. And and, and the fact of the matter is I have a collecting budget, right? I think any, (laughs) any responsible collector does. Um, Yep. You know, so you can't, there's only so much you can throw your money at. And I think this year we're really feeling it from the great Kickstarters to the different Haslabs to Mattel throwing their name in the ring. Um, and I think that the market's going to have to work itself out. I definitely don't yeah. think that five Haslabs in one year is sustainable. I agree. Um, and, you know, to kind of, to kind of turn it a little bit here um, to kind of, cause I know I've been very down on some stuff today. But but what I'll flip it around to say is I'm still very thankful because we're in the month of of uh, of November and here in the States, because I know we do have some listeners um, who um, listen in from Australia and Sweden. Actually, we have a number of folks that listen in from Australia and Sweden on our show. And I do want to mention um, here in the States, we have this month of Thanksgiving that we celebrate kind of what we're happy about, what we're thankful for. And I'll be thankful that we're having all these ridiculous options for figures. Yes, our budgets and everything else are crazy, but it is a pretty cool time to have access to a Galactus that's the size of a small child, a Sentinel that uh, can take down an entire legion of Marvel Legends figures um, that we have a razor crest that's not destroyed yet on screen that's coming to us um that we have <laughs> i know sorry i had to say it um that that we have uh you know that we have a sky striker you know uh, a really awesome you know uh vehicle coming at us from the gi joe universe and and uh you know the the turtle van coming from super i mean all these things 20, 15 to 20 years ago, we could never imagine the the scale and variety of things that we're getting now. Yeah, we're spoiled as hell and we're still complaining about it, right? But that, that's our culture. Um, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it's kind of our culture. But, um, but on top of that, yeah. And I think because we want it all to succeed, that's why we're giving this criticism because we want it to do well. We want them to, to learn from what we're suggesting, what we're saying. So just to flip it around, you know, we're lucky as heck to have all this stuff, but we want to make sure we do it right and we do it so it's sustainable so we can continue to grow in what we're doing in this field. That is an awesome point. And and I echo everything you said there. Um, You know, it is truly a wonderful thing that we have all these options. And look, I might not, be into wrestling, but I'm glad that you're getting a WWE ultimate edition arena. I, you know, I'm happy for those people. The same thing with the Rancor. I feel like yeah. we have been hard on the Rancor, but yeah. look, if you really love the Rancor back it, 
I Go hope for you it. get it. I really do. And and here's Buy the five thing. of them. I was I you know I, I thought about the Rancor and and for me I'm coming at it more now of a space issue. Would I like to have a, you know the size Rancor? Of course I would, but you know I have the space issues. But I want everybody cool to get outfits these. for him. Carry yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to get these projects, you know, so of course, and of course, you know, not everything on, on we've been lucky so far other than, than, you know, cookie monster, which we've talked about. Well, wasn't the right. It's a sore subject in this household. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't, as th- you know, Aaron wanted that so badly. <laughs> and it wasn't that high of a goal, but I know but I, it wasn't the right audience, but yeah, it, wasn't. it wasn't. But other than that, you know, I mean, every HasLab has, has gone, you know, has funded. And so far, Mattel Creations, everything they've done, they're one for one. And, you know, obviously not yeah. everything on Kickstarter funds, but I think that, you know, most, you know, some of these projects on Kickstarter have to come back a second time, like Action Force and whatever. But I think, most of the really good ones end up funding on Kickstarter. So, you know, we are in a spoiled time and the fact that we can leverage other collectors <laughs> to get, you know what I mean? Like we can pool our money to get something funded that we right. wouldn't get is, is pretty cool. And there's a model, there's definitely a, a, a model to use this to going forward and, and to get these things, to get the innovation we're getting from Kickstarter, which can, as I mentioned, spur, innovation in the other uh the bigger companies there's a model there it's a it's a great time to be a collector i mean honestly i don't go to bed going oh my god is the rancor going to fund or not i don't go to bed like worrying about this thing we're talking about it on this show but we're talking about it because this is what we're passionate about we love but at the end of the day this is our hobby. This is something fun. I don't, I have real world problems just like everybody else. This stuff is not in my head when I'm going, you know, when I'm <laughs> awake at night. So, you know, I think where I'm going to leave it is, is just have fun. Happy Thanksgiving. And I do want to encourage the fans. I do want to hear from you guys. If you're listening, come to our social media, tell us what you think a dream project is. I want to hear from you guys. Yeah. What do you think is a dream project? Um, tell and, us we're and, wrong. Yeah, we're fine with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, let's have a discussion. You know, let's <laughs> yeah. let's have some dialogue. And it's not just about us on this end of the microphone. We want to hear from you guys. So yeah, and and, and kind of a teaser for the next couple of months, as you may know, from our first year of recording is we're in our second year now. Um, in November, uh, excuse me, in December, and in January, we like to do a little cap off to the gear. And um, next month, we'll be focused on kind of giving out our awards. So Keep an, keep an ear out for December, um, uh, which will drop sometime in December, um, where we talk about um, our year-end awards that we give out. And um, if you're curious about how we decide on our awards and everything, go back and give a listen to last year's show, uh, the 2020 year-end awards. Year in awards. Um, and you can get a gauge on what to expect for this year. And then also following up in January, we'll be talking about our top 50 overall figures for the year that we've been in here in 2021, but that just about does it for our November show. Um, We wish all of you who are celebrating a happy Thanksgiving and whatever holidays you may be celebrating all around the world. We'll catch you next time. Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on thrill of the hunt, a collector's podcast until next time we wish you good luck on your toy hunt.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the hosts.